Over the late fall and into this now kind of early winter of 2020, Jenny and I have challenged each other to try and memorize the magnificent chapter that is Romans 8. And I will tell you that she got off to an early lead. I have now caught up and I've surpassed her, but she's kind of fighting back now. So we'll see who finishes first, but it's been a real delight between the two of us. But last week, I was particularly working on a section where it talks about all who follow God's leading are God's own sons. And while I was trying to seal that in my brain, I also happened that morning to be reading in John 8, where Jesus is talking to this fairly salty crowd of Israelites and actually makes a strong statement that they cannot hear from him because they are not God's sons. And then I was reading in Galatians where it talks so specifically about the inheritance that we get as being part of the family, part of his inner circle. And I don't know, maybe you have this experience. Suddenly something hit me. I talk a lot in my podcasts, in my kind of teaching when I'm with people about being sons and daughters of God. But I'm not sure that I have fully sat and recognized the weightiness of that glory. There's a line in Romans 8 where it talks about being adopted into the very family circle of God. And when I sit and think about how do I pray? How do I listen? How do I read? How do I fellowship in his spirit? Is it as if I'm sitting around the table with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? One of them? I don't know. So maybe as you're listening to me talk, that hits you too. That there is more for us in recognizing that we are sons, that we are invited to the table, that the way we talk to the Father is as a father, uh, to Jesus is as a brother, and to the Holy Spirit is as that spirit of sonship who invites us in. So here's what I've got for us today. I've gone through the bulk of all the letters of the New Testament, even into Acts a little bit, and I've pulled a lot of the scriptures that deal in this idea of sonship, then you know me, I love putting things into sort of an order, especially a, a time order. So I've put them in order from pre-time all the way to where we are today. So if after you listen to this, you'd like to read it for yourself, it has all the citations of the scriptures, I'd love to email that to you. Reach out. But as it is, I just want you to sit back, maybe close your eyes and rest in the goodness, the glory of being a son of God. So here we go. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us to become in Christ his holy and blameless children living within his constant care. He planned in his purpose of love that we should be adopted as his own children through Jesus Christ, that we might learn to praise that glorious generosity of his which has made us welcome in the everlasting love he bears toward the Son. God, in his foreknowledge, chose us to bear the family likeness of his son, that he might be the eldest of a family of many brothers. He chose us long ago. But when the proper time came, God sent his son, born of a human mother and born under the jurisdiction of the law, 
that he might redeem those who were under the authority of the law and lead us into becoming, by adoption, true sons of God. Yes, when the time came, he called us. He made us righteous in his sight and then lifted us to the splendor of life as his own sons. Everyone who really believes that Jesus is the Christ proves himself one of God's family. For it was right and proper that in bringing many sons to glory, God, from whom and by whom everything exists, should make the leader of their salvation a perfect leader through the fact that he suffered. For the one who makes men holy and the men who are made holy share a common humanity so that he is not ashamed to call them his brothers. It is because you really are his sons that God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts to cry, Father, dear Father, you, my brother, are not a servant any longer. You are a son. And if you are a son, then you are certainly an heir of God through Christ. All who follow the leading of God's Spirit are God's own sons. By the Father's own wish, He made us His own sons through the word of truth that we might be, so to speak, the first specimens of His new creation. For now that you have faith in Christ, you are all sons of God. All of you who were baptized into Christ have put on the family likeness of Christ. Nor are you meant to relapse into the old slavish attitude of fear. You have been adopted into the very family circle of God, and you can say with a full heart, Father, my Father. The Spirit Himself endorses our inward conviction that we really are the children of God. Think what that means. You are the sons of God now. The live, permanent word of the living God has given you his own indestructible heredity. And if we are his children, we share his treasures, and all that Christ claims as his will belong to all of us as well. The whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. For yourselves, I beg you to stick to the original teaching. If you do, you will be living in fellowship with both the Father and the Son. And that means sharing His own life forever, as He has promised. Now, bear what you have to bear as chastening, as God's dealing with you as sons. No true son ever grows up uncorrected by his father. For if you had no experience of the correction which all sons have to bear, you might well doubt the legitimacy of your sonship. So, to you whom I love, I say, let us go on loving one another, for love comes from God. Every man who truly loves is God's Son, and has some knowledge of Him. Now, to Him who is able to set you on your feet as His own sons, 
according to the gospel, according to the preaching of Jesus Christ himself, and in accordance with the disclosing of that secret purpose, which, after long ages of silence, has now been made known to him, I say, the only God who is wise, our Father, be glory forever through Jesus Christ.